This morning we're continuing in our Overcome series, and each week we're hearing from different members of our body uh, what's going on in their life and their walk with Christ. Um, And uh, so I have to tell a little bit of a story that reveals my... um, my humanity. Um, so when I was when I when I was scheduling out this series, um, somehow I missed t- today didn't exist, and so I I like lined up six interviews and I'm, I talked to everyone and I, I set it all up and I was so excited and we're sitting in an elder meeting and we were lining up which elders would take e- e- each week because we're having an elder respond each week and and we we did last week and then we skipped forward to next Sunday and I think it was Mike was like, um, you missed one. And then I realized, oh, there's, there's a gaping 14-day hole there <laughs> that, that somehow I missed. And um, Mike had this great idea. Um, he said, well, why don't we, and he, he thought of it in the moment right there. He said, why don't we hear from the worship team um, that, that morning and from some members of the worship team. So um, as soon as Mike said that, it, it, for me, it felt like that, that was what the Lord would have for us this morning. So um, Josh, our worship director, um, is actually going to lead the interview this morning and uh, share. Uh, he's been preparing to interview them. So just a couple of notes. Remember, um, we tell testimony because this is the power of God working within us. And so when we're hearing the story of God in others' lives, what I would invite each of you today is to allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to stir within you and think about opportunities to share your story because your story in Christ has the power through Christ to change someone's life. Let me say that again. Your story in Christ has the power because of Christ to change someone else's life and to bring them to the foot of the cross. It might be your story that God has been building for just such a reason. So please, be encouraged this morning. Listen, allow God to move in you, and um, allow him to stir within you opportunities for you to also share your story with us, definitely, but with our neighbors who don't even know him. How are they going to meet him unless they hear his story? And the most powerful way, that initial most powerful way, is usually when we share what he's done in our life. So, with no further ado, take us away, Josh. For full disclosure for Dan, um, I asked Dan probably immediately, and Dan uh, emphatically said no. So, um, <laughs> there, there, there was no hesitation. Um, it was a definite no. And then a couple of days later, Dan said to me, he said, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think I'd be willing to do it. Um, so I appreciate Dan being up here and um, be willing to, to share what God has done in him and be willing to share with you guys. Because although you may think it's easy for us to be up here and to play, um, it's a very, um, it can be very testing. And while playing the guitar or singing or playing an instrument, um, you can do it at home and a part of other groups. There's, there's something different uh, being up here and there's a a spiritual battle that sometimes you may not be aware of it attacks different people in different ways Um, and it can be a very tough spot to be up here and for Dan I think expressing who he is um, this will be nice for us to get to know you a little bit better so I appreciate that Dan Um, so what Mike has asked us to do is to share about the worship team and so I've tried to have some of these questions be more um, musical and so there's 
some musical aspects or artistic aspects and then intertwine um, story within that. Um, so for us, Dan, would you mind sharing about how you got to play the guitar and what led into that? Uh, yeah, so um, I've been playing the guitar for probably about 20 years, plus or minus. Um, I started playing the electric guitar uh, in high school uh, in a rock band because, you know, it was cool, right? Um, and then my buddies played, you know, rock music and had a couple of gigs, real tiny gigs, and it was a, it was a good time, um, you know, but, but we were all very uh, career-focused uh, men, and, you know, the end of high school came, and and we all kind of went our separate ways. And so, um, you know, I kind of put the electric down and picked up an acoustic um, because it was portable. I could take it back and forth to Pittsburgh and, um, and could just play by myself whenever. And so, um, you know, I, I, never, well, I never really put it down. Um, and so, <coughs> um, so my, my journey didn't necessarily begin playing worship music, but... Uh, while I was in college, um, my, my close friend from high school was going to a, a neighboring school um, in Pittsburgh, and, and we were you know, both Christian men and, and started to play some worship music together. So that was kind of the beginnings of this, and, and my heart really grew for that, for that music, and um, I, I've, I've just kind of embraced it uh, ever since. Could you name uh, a person that has greatly impacted your walk? God. <clears throat> so two things sort of come to mind. Um, so, um, you know, uh, my vocation uh, is, is in technology. I'm a software developer. Um, and so, you know, I work in these environments and have for the last 15 years, uh, you know, very technology-centric and, and being surrounded by a lot of people that are very dismissive of Christianity and things of that nature. So most of my adult life has been you know, dealing with this cognitive dissonance of, you know, I'm a Christian man, but, um, you know, I, I've always sort of felt like I had to hide that, um, you know, and that's always, that's kind of been difficult. Um, so, um, you know, and, but there was a, there was a sermon series that Andy Stanley put together a number of years ago called Who Needs God? And, you know, he, uh, he had a number of, of things that he talked about in this series, but one of the things was to be able to kind of tackle this false dichotomy of, of faith and science, that somehow that they're at odds with each other. Um, and I felt that very personally, and that spoke to me in a very deep way. And <clears throat> listening to this entire series and listening to him reconcile those two spaces um, gave me permission to really embrace both of those things. Um, so that was a that was a very powerful movement um, in my journey, um, and then um, at Josh was kind of talking through some of these things with us. And one of the things I didn't mention to him was, you know, there's a there's also a, a person uh, in my life that um, you know um, that when we were attending our old church um, that uh, <laughs> it's difficult for me to talk about, but. Um, but there was another person there um, who, you know, felt a lot of the same things that I did, and we shared a lot of experiences with our careers and stuff, and we built up a, a great relationship over the years. Um, and his name's Lane, and he's, I, won't, I won't embarrass him, but he's, he's sitting in here somewhere. Um, but I'm very grateful uh, for that relationship that, that we have. So... You spoke of a change in your musical interests, and uh, there was a Christian artist that, that greatly impacted you. Yeah. 
explain this a little bit about that? <coughs> yeah, so um, my, my friend uh, who I was referring to earlier, his name's Jeremy, um, he, he turned me on to a, a Christian artist uh, named Shane Barnard. Um, uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic acoustic guitar player and vocalist. Um, and, you know, I, I remember uh, vividly the first time I heard uh, one of his songs, and I thought, wow, that's... That is that that is that is the, that's the person that I want to be like, and that's the style of music that I want to play. Um, and so, um, you know, much of my personal style uh, is really just an emulation uh, of his. Um, I just I love the way he sings. I I love the way that he plays the guitar, and um, and you know, so much of his character I, I admire. Um, you know, he 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 has a, a just a passion and a fervor for the Lord, um, and uh, and above all, like like his talent is amazing, and yet he's self-taught. You know, he's he's not, uh, and that resonates with me because I'm I'm also self-taught. I'm you know when it comes to music academically, I'm not very bright, uh, and so you know it's all very for me. It's all very heart and by ear and feeling, and uh, that 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 is that's part of uh, Shane's identity. So that that. That part of his story really resonates uh, with me. When you were sharing um, different parts of your story, I, I kind of was pulling different things out. And one of the things that I noticed was there was a change at one point where you never really desired to be a dad. And then at some point, there was a shift. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, I've <coughs> been um, very career-driven uh, for most of my adult life. Um, was very you know, bent on getting through school and and uh, getting a good job, and um, I've never really taken to children that well. Um, <laughs> and and you know, uh, when when my wife and I started dating, uh, you know, neither one of us really felt the call to be parents, um, and we stuck to that narrative for quite a long time. Uh, we were married for almost nine years before Ezra was born. Um, you know, but we, we reached, we reached our early thirties and, and our heart, well, I'll speak for myself, but my, my heart really softened and, you know, um, you know, so much of what I was working toward, I, I was, was being really successful in my job, um, you know, and providing a nice, uh, um, uh, bounty for my family and, and everything, but there was just a part of it that was unsatisfying, you know, like what the world told me was important. I was achieving these things, and yet there was still this this hole, um, you know. And there was a, there was one moment um, uh, where, you know, well, April and I were were looking. Um, there was some dinosaur show uh, in Reading uh, that looked really cool, but we totally didn't want to show up at this place with no kids because um, <laughs> it, that we just would have looked so weird. So we 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 borrowed like. We we bought tickets for some of our nieces and nephews and, and just kind of gathered everybody up so we could go check this thing out and not look weird. So, um, you know, that was, that was a moment, I think, for me, too, uh, where, you know, there was, there was more to it than just the career and, uh, and, and those type of successes. Not that they're not important, but that, you know, there was, there was a tug there that uh, there was something else uh, for me. So, you know... Um, Lo and behold, Ezra came along, and, and uh, you know, we haven't looked back, so. Picture yourself smiling and having fun. <laughs> what are you doing and where are you at? 
Um, where I'm at and what am I doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an extremely introverted person, and this is this is this is really uncomfortable for me. Um, but uh, you know, um, I'm I'm at peace and at rest when 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 I'm not in in crowds of people. And and um, you know, one of the things that 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 April and I have done a few times, and uh, is you know, it's somewhat against her will because she you know she's always cold. But I like to be down at the beach when it's cold. Um, because there's not a lot of people at the beach, and sometimes you can just have a couple of beach chairs where it's just the, you know, just you, and you can look up and down the coast and not see another person, um, and just be able to absorb creation, you know, and just the waves and, and everything else. So that 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 picture in my mind is is what uh, is restful and and makes me smile. So, is there anything that I missed that you would like to share? Let me check my notes. <laughs> But I, th- I think we covered. Damien was really nervous because he thought we were supposed to come with notes. Yeah, I wrote pages and pages you. of <laughs> notes. Um, yeah, I guess I guess maybe there's one other thing um, I, I could touch on is, you know, um, something that I would want to for, to to pray over for my son, right? And that, you know, being a very uh, career-driven person that. Um, you know, I've often uh, not relied on God for that, you know, and have tried very hard to stand on my own two feet. Um, and, you know, my, my, my prayer for, for my son, um, you, know, it, you know, whatever path that he chooses to take, um, you know, and, and, sh- and being able to stand on your own two feet, there's, there's, there's a virtue to that, that that I think we can all embrace and, and appreciate. But, but to be able to not put our fingers in our ears uh, and 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 listen to what God has uh, for each of us, and to be able to just discern that along with everything else, and 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 kind of move forward, um, because that's a even to this day that's something that I personally struggle with. Um, it's it's just an instinct for me to handle this on my own, um, and it it takes effort for me to stop and listen uh, and and see what He has in store for me. So I wanted to share that. Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm. Damien? <coughs> so if you don't know, Damien um, plays the drums here. And quite frankly, he's their only drummer. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm very grateful for, for the service and the sacrifice that, that he puts in. Um, coming to practice and you know, coming with two vehicles, I mean, it, it adds a lot to a Sunday. Um, so I appreciate that. Can you share with us uh, some of what it was like for Damien growing up and playing music. Um, the, the PG version. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of true. Um, I, I didn't start playing until I was 21. Um, but then uh, I got, you know, I got really into it. Um, just playing with friends and partying. I mean, that was kind of like what I did. Um, so music to me was more of a uh, a reason to party and hang out with friends, and that's basically what it was. And eventually, it turned into like, you know, like real bands, like uh, playing gigs and playing the bar scene, and you know, it was all still like revolved around partying and have a good having a good time, and played anything and everything. Um, so that was pretty much my music experience until. Uh, you know, until things changed. So, so you had a, 
couple motivators, and most of those were what? For music. You mean to play? Yeah. Oh, because it, it was fun. And uh, like I said, it was a social gathering. Uh, it gave me identity. You know, at the time, um, you know, you go through high school, you don't really, I went through several stages. I was like, you know, long-haired headbanger for a while, then I was like a hippie, had long hairs, tie-dyes. Um, I'd, I'd had several identities, you know, so I think I was still searching, even in my 20s, like who, who I was, what, you know, what type of man I was going to be, and I was, you know, okay with just being the, everyone liked to hang out with Damien at Damien's house, because we partied and had a good time, and like that, that's basically what music was about. So generally you would say that was connected with um, drug use then as well? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I would say I was like a functioning addict. I, I uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, anything that had to do with, with, with weed, I was into. You know, I, I, I used a ton of it. I sold it. I grew it. I, uh, I was very much into that business and, you know, and other things too. Um, but I was also highly functioning. I mean, I kept jobs. I, I did all the responsible stuff as well. Um, so I wasn't like that guy. But I, I still wonder to this day, if I wasn't that guy, what I would have done with, you know, my life instead of wasting 20 years getting high. But. And then at some point there was um, the beginnings of a change, um, thinking about and studying about creation and God and where everything came from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the church, so I definitely had a belief. Um, if anyone asked me, you know, whether you believed in Jesus, I would have, even at my worst days, I would have said, oh, yeah, I totally believe. Um, it wasn't until later that I realized that it was, that really was just talk, though. I mean, I, yeah, not that you have to do things to be saved, but, like, you know, just giving God lip service, I realized that's all I was doing because I was just living for Damien. I did what Damien wanted to do. Um, I did what, you know, ma what made me happy, and that's, like, all, all it was about. Um, yeah, and then it was kind of a slow change. My, uh, you know, when I met Gretchen, um, she had questions, and, uh, uh, you know, long story short, my mom who's here, she like uh, started like asking us to go to alpha class. I don't know if you ever heard of alpha, but it was like kind of like, you know, if you have questions about stuff and Gretchen had questions and um, I was like, yeah, it's not going to hurt. You know, our relationship wasn't that great. You know, it wasn't, wasn't going to hurt if uh, we added that into the mix. And that started like spurring some thoughts in my mind. And uh, my, my little brother um, had, had a big impact too because every time he talked to me, he'd just be so passionate about God, and uh, he would just be like, Damien, Damien's so, you, you, you should just, you know, I mean, he was just so passionate, and he would just, like, stir things up in you, and he'd be like, man, it's so real, and I'm like, yeah, I know, John, I know it's real, I, I, I agree, I agree, but, like, he was just had this passion, and um, so that's what started the, the mental thinking about these types of concepts, and um, eventually we decided to go to a church after alpha class and uh, we still weren't like that. I mean, we were going because I was like agreed we should probably should be doing something 
we just got married and uh so we were going to journey church and um i think they needed a drummer as well and uh because i never volunteered for anything and like one of the guys from the church <laughs> just called me it was like he was the worship pastor and he's like hey damien and i was like uh yeah he's like oh, how'd you even get my number they like facebook stalked me got my <laughs> phone number and said you want to play drums and i'm like oh i, I don't know I don't know. I only know rock songs, <laughs> you, you know. So uh, he's like, "Oh, that's fine." And then, and then like an hour later, I got a request on my phone to, that was playing the Sunday. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so that's how it went down. And like, but because of that, it was like God knew. He knew exactly what I needed to get in that place. And like, because I was still heavily using, I was still in heavy party mode. I mean, my cover band was really starting to like take off. We were like, you know, playing better gigs, getting paid more money, doing, you know, we were like doing really well. So, you know, the, I started playing for the church and it was weird because it was all these songs I've never, like all this stuff, I never played any of these songs. So these, this was all brand new to me. So to me, it was just like more songs I had to learn. Okay, I'll, you know, I, I learned four songs a week for the band here. I'll learn four more songs here. Totally different feel. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I forget where I was going, I kind of lost my... Can you share about the, the story of the trip to Florida when you went with your brother? Oh, it's <laughs> uh, I just told Josh that story last night. Um, I went to uh, Florida to the Keys to go party with, it was like my drug dealer, but we were like friends. So he was like, yeah, want to come down to Florida, the Keys, I, I think it was like Fantasy Fest, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And we went down there and... I remember we had a good time, we walked around, we partied and stuff. When we came back, to, he had like this nice house on the river and he had a boat because he had the money because he was a drug dealer. And um, we were just sitting there, you know, getting high, looking at the stars and he, he started talking about how ridiculous the concept of God was. And, this, and I was like, oh, really? I totally believe. You know, you know, cause I did believe, I just didn't, you know. And like, I remember from that point forward, he like hated me. It was like, I said it, he hated me. The next day we went home, we drove 22 hours in silence to go home. And, uh, I, yeah, that was a really weird experience. And then, yeah, 22 hours all the way home in silence <laughs> because I said I believed. <laughs> but, yeah. After uh, coming to know Christ and still playing, um, what was different? <coughs> oh, well, a lot of things different. I mean, I... I had very, I had lots of intellectual um, barriers with the whole concept, but even though I said I believed, I was very afraid to actually look into the arguments because, you know, our society and science says that science disproves God and that um, evolution was real. And, like, I, I would have to think, I would think about these things. I'm like, yeah, but if we came from monkeys and then, like, okay, then what was the man right before Adam? What was he, like, part monkeys, therefore he didn't count? Like, it was, like, all these things in my head it didn't add up. I didn't understand how you could, how that could be true, and the Bible's true. So I had like major like intellectual issues with this, these types of concepts, um, and I got in. I don't even. I, I talked to Gresham, but I don't even know how it happened or where it happened. But the whole creation evolution thing really interests me, and I started like diving deep into it, and um, it like stirred up all these types of things in me, and then. I was like afraid to look at these topics, but instead, like as I looked into these topics, 
I found all this stuff and it like it blew my mind and I was like I ultimately came to the conclusion that not only was it reasonable it was like beyond a doubt the most reasonable conclusion was that this, this book is true this, this God's real and like his story's true and his word's true and it happened like just like he said like you know all the evidence pointed to that like all of it like and it was blew my mind because it was like never talked about <coughs> So eventually I got to the point where I was like, how am I not living this? How am I not walking this walk? Because if I am, it's not because there's any intellectual barrier. It's just because Jamie wants to do what Jamie wants to do. And I came to this conclusion that this is, this is real. I, you know, I need to like start taking this seriously. And I just would knock down all the walls. And then like God just started using that like, and just fed me more and more truth. And to the point where now, you know, then I'm playing in the church band, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm playing in the church band, but I'm still smoking weed. This doesn't seem right. Um, and things just started convicting me, and things just started changing. I, it's not even like uh, I was trying it. It was just things weren't comfortable and fun anymore. And, like, you know, I went to the cover band and said, I can't, I can't play these songs. Some of these songs I just can't play. They're just, like, anti-God. And they were like, what? Who are you? Like, like no one understood any of it they didn't you know and i didn't understand it and i just knew i just knew i couldn't do certain things anymore and um you know it was it was god sanctifying me ultimately i didn't realize but he was doing he was just step by step just sanctifying me and getting rid of these things out of my life and uh and then all of a sudden like i'm playing worship music and i feel like i'm worshiping and all of a sudden it's like it's not just like I'm playing songs because the church asked me to play songs. I'm like playing songs and I'm like feeling it. I'm feeling like I'm, you know, trying to do help and do my part and like, you know, because I know it brings me to a certain spot where I just I can feel deeply about God, and um, and now it just has a totally different meaning where it used to be fun and now it has meaning, like you know, almost like my life now. <laughs> um, some within. Um the church or the Christian faith have had trouble with drums. How have you felt like you've been received uh, by Parker Ford? I think I've been received pretty well. Um, yeah, I've never heard anything negative, at least not to my face. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm uh, very aware of my surroundings. And I'm very aware that people, some people don't like it. Um, and I get it. I mean, to me, I kind of like hearing hymns, too. I don't, you know, I like when we do old hymns. I think they're, like, powerful. Um, so I, I get both sides of it, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely aware of these things. I actually, in, in my head, I'm like, I, I try to keep it very mellow because I know that. Because <laughs> I, I, I could think, I think all the time, oh, Phil, Phil, Phil. I don't, I don't do that. At least I try not to do that. But the church has been very gracious, and I appreciate that. Damien's uh, smiling, having fun. What's he doing? Um, I think yes. Uh, my my answer hasn't really changed yet. My uh, I would say that when I have like joy, I would say fun because joy is different. Um, when I sense joy is like when I there's moments when you can like around the corner watch your kids, you know, and they don't know you're watching, and you like just see them playing or see them being them without you being around. There's something about that. I just like love that. I just love seeing my children be themselves, and you see yourself in it, good and bad, and you're like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to share with us? Um, I would say the only thing that I uh, like the the main thing that I would ha have to say is 
<clears throat> so most, but I came to this realization that ultimately, like, um, I lived for myself. I did everything I wanted to do. Um, I chased the things that we were told that, are, that give value as far as, like, I was trying to be cool. I drove a fast car. I was in a band. I was, you know, party. We did drugs. We did girls. Um, it, to be honest, in that category, I was always weird. So <laughs> that probably wasn't too. I tried all the time, but I, I wasn't very smooth. Um, but uh, I did all these things, and I was never content. I was pretty much miserable. And like, um, I, although there was these momentary moments of fun uh, where I could say, "Oh yeah, that was tons of fun," gigging out was tons of fun. I was not content, and I wasn't happy ever. Um, and it wasn't until I had a relationship with God, and all of a sudden I have this meaning, and I, I see the world in a totally different way. I see God's creation and his truth, and then, like, all of a sudden that gives meaning to everything that we do. Everything, it's all about giving glory to God. And once I understood this and felt this, like, I've, you know, I still have rough moments all the time, but I am, like, content, and I feel joy. And um, I never felt that my whole life up until when I was saved. And it's just, it's an amazing thing, you know, and um, so I would say that was like my main point. Thanks. So Gretchen is a member of the worship planning team, and I didn't exactly know um, how Gretchen would connect with the team, um, but there was just something, and we had conversations about you, and thought, I think Gretchen would fit, and then once you've joined the team, it's kind of like, oh, hello. Um, well, I like it a lot. So it's, it's been good to get to know you uh, in a different way. Um, so if you don't know, Gretchen desires to and enjoys painting and expressing things with oil and canvas and different mediums. Um, so if you could share with us a little bit about the beginnings of your art journey and what some of that art looked like. Um, well, I always painted and drew as a child and up into my teenage years, and I took a lot of art classes um, in high school, and um, I went to college to be an art teacher, um, and I learned a lot of skill and technique, and um, not that I was good at it, but I learned it, and um, I guess I had a lot of, uh, I guess, heartache and tribulation through my teenage years, and uh, a lot of that art came out a lot differently into my 20s, um, and it was a, a dark place for me. Usually my paintings and my drawings reflected some type of heartache or um, a bad breakup or um, something going on. Most of my friends would, if they came over to my apartment, um, they would they saw me painting, they were like, oh no, she's painting. What's going on? We need to counsel her. Um, so that's where I was before I knew Christ as an artist. So what was uh, college like for you? Um, college was difficult. Um, I had a, um, an a alcohol abuse problem. Um, I started actually drinking when I was 13. Um, and everybody thought that I was okay because I was on the swim team, I had friends, I got decent grades. Um, but um, growing up, my father was an alcoholic, 
Um, and life at my house wasn't always so great, so I was always out and about with my friends, um, and I think my my family kind of thought I was I was fine, and um, you know I wasn't totally. Um, and when I was, I started kind of dating at an early age too, um, and <coughs> when I was 15, I was dating a boy on the swim team who was 17, and um, I got pregnant, and I had an abortion, and uh, it kind of stuck with me. I never even, I didn't, I, I never had a, I knew God existed, um, but I didn't think God loved me. Um, because of all the horrible things I had been doing. Um, and so I was far from God. Um, <laughs> um, therefore, that th this kind of continued into my 20s and why I kept making bad choices and I kept drinking and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and then I actually met... Um, I got back together with that boy from high school um, when I was 15, and when I was 27, I became pregnant again, and it was very happy this time. I thought, wow, God's giving me a second chance. This is wonderful, and um, four weeks later, I had an ultrasound, and there was no heartbeat, so I um, pretty much <laughs> uh, went into a downward spiral, and I started, you know, drinking and um, using cocaine and doing lots of things that were horrible for every day. And um, finally, I, um, I like, wanted somebody to intervene. I wanted an intervention, and, and uh, nobody came. And finally, one day, I just said, God, if you are real, if you love me, if you care about me, help me. And um, it wasn't this, like, instantaneous thing. It was, like, these little victories started happening. I just started making better choices, and um, I, I just I stopped using, and um, I stopped associating with people who were, you know, not good influences in my life. And and then I met Damien, <laughs> who also had his own things going on. Okay. But um, <laughs> uh, she, and we kind of had the same conversation. <laughs> where, you know, he had this faith, you know, he believed in God, and, and you know, um, I never, I didn't even, you know, think that God was doing these things in my life, or, or was, was there, I didn't think that, I thought it was me, I was, you know, fixing myself, or whatever, and uh, so we had conversations, and we had intellectual conversations about God, and sometimes, you know, he would usually just be talking honestly and saying things, you know, factually, and I was usually getting mad because it was very convicting, and I would be upset. So, yeah, we would argue and fight a lot and um, <laughs> about God, and I had a lot of questions. Um, so I ultimately um, <laughs> ended up asking my mother-in-law, um, who was a woman of God um, on lots of things. And, uh, and between the two of them, <laughs> you know, I came to know Christ. They helped kind of guide me along to that path. And you talk about the, the meal that you went to and how that Yeah, was. the alpha meal and how that started. Yeah. yeah. So now um, you've begun painting again and expressing yourself. Um, 
what is that like and what has changed? Um, it's like amazing, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, it's like um, the joy you get from spending time with your children or, um, you know, seeing wonderful things on the earth. It's, it's this joy because it's, I realize that it's not me. And I get to, you know, read God's word and learn about it and bring it to life in a painting somehow. Um, you know, he gives me that, that ability, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, we talked about um, if there was somebody in the congregation and they were considering art or painting, uh, what would you say to them? I would say just say yes. Just do it. Try it. See what happens. Um, you know, uh, God is the the ultimate creator, and he, he made us to create. So if there's any inkling or anything inside of you that wants to do that, do it. Do it. Do it. You, I mean, he may take you on a journey that you didn't even know was possible. So looking, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing off my notes here. Um, so, so looking back on that time, um, you said you were, you were desiring an intervention. Um, mm -hmm. can, you, can you walk us through that a little bit more? Um, well, it, it, was, it was very dark and painful, and um, I was looking to others for help. Um, and, you know, ultimately I think that God was, you know, um, he wasn't going to send me somebody. He wanted, he, he wanted me to, you know, ask him to get on my knees and look for him. Um, you know, because it's not like anybody was going to, change my heart. He was going to change my heart. So if there was um, a kid in here that was going through something similar to what you were going through, what would you say? Um... Nothing's an accident in God's world. Um, everything has a purpose. And <clears throat> even though it might seem like it's the hardest thing you could ever deal with, and what are people going to say, and what's, what's going to happen, um, God put you on that path for a reason, and it'll be beautiful. So if Gretchen's smiling, and I've seen you smile before, um, <laughs> where are you at? What's going on? I'm at the beach. I'm running on the beach with my children, with my family, uh, playing in the water. It's like my favorite place to be, swimming. Is there anything that I missed that you would like to share with us? Um, well, I think I would um, just like to thank everyone here for being so uh, 
patient and conscientious, and I didn't feel, I was very nervous to talk about this, because it's like something I don't ever talk about to anybody, so um, just thank you for listening, and I really love all of you as a church, <laughs> I do. Mike, would you mind coming up? So first of all, thank you guys for sharing with us and for being vulnerable. This is not an easy place to be and to share. And whenever we do that, there's power in that. In fact, Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11 state, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have overcome him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when they faced, were faced with death. The testimonies that are shared are for the power and because of the power of Christ. It's not because of things that we have done. And that was extremely evident in what you guys shared. So thank you for sharing that with us. I'd like to also thank you guys for your leadership in terms of worship and those there are many others that are in the congregation that are also involved with worship and on behalf of the congregation thank you for for your leadership there as well uh, and for the families there's uh, sacrifice on behalf of the families for you guys to be able to do what you do and so we're very appreciative of that as well Romans 12 3 through 8 state for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You guys have served and continue to serve, and you serve with zeal and with diligence, and that's what God asks us to do. So thank you for doing that. Um, I heard a beach mentioned a couple of times. Dan, you kind of started started the song around the beach. Gretchen, you finished the song around the beach. Uh, so we see that image. We see that picture of looking up and down a beach. And Gretchen, you with your family. Dan, you with nobody around. <laughs> uh, and, and that's great. Um, this week, I was uh, listening to a song, Here's My Heart, Lord. And as the song was building, I just kind of closed my eyes. And I don't, I don't get images very frequently, but I did this week for some reason, and maybe it had to do with today. But when I closed my eyes as this song was building, I saw a tree. Just in my mind, I saw a tree, not real high. It's maybe five, six feet tall. Um, but it was really thick. And the bark was stripped off from the outside, and the bark was just laying on the ground. And as the song built, and then came, here's my heart, Lord, 
There's like a complete surrender. You know, in the song, you, you, you see this complete surrender of self. And at that point in the song, the bark reattached itself, came up, reattached itself to the tree. The tree grew, and the leaves just exploded and just kind of carried left to right. They never hit the ground, but they carried left to right, just kind of blowing in the wind. And from a worship standpoint, you guys help us do that. We come in at the beginning of the service with all kinds of things that have affected us throughout the course of the week. And, you know, we, we strive to keep Christ first in our lives and what we do. And we come in here and the worship team begins praising and it helps to realign the bark on us so that the leaves of the spirit, the wind of the spirit, can have an effect on us as a congregation. And you guys help to do that. So thank you. As a congregation, um, I'm going to turn, you know, how do we respond to this? Colossians 3, verses 15 to 17 states, Let peace, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, who with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There are a number of different methods of praise listed there, songs and hymns and spiritual songs. We actually did a number of them this morning. And I think a lot of times we stop there, but the rest of it is with thankfulness. And so my encouragement to us is whenever we are engaging in worship, are we engaging in thankfulness as well? You know, it's interesting, Damien, um, the first time you played, maybe it was the second time you played, Colin, our, he's seven, he just turned seven a couple of months ago. Well, there's this big box over here. We had never had the box over here. And Colin, after the service, comes up and goes, hey, Dad, you know that guy in the box? I said, yeah. He goes, he's really good. <laughs> Anyhow, you were known as the guy in the box for a while. Um, and the encouragement, I, I say that because Colin's focus was on the instrumentalists, right? And in that case, a cool box with a guy that was hitting the drums and really making a difference in terms of our worship. And there are times whenever we come in here where we, maybe we focus on the instruments or we focus on the song or we focus on the words uh, or we focus actually on those that are leading. And... Those that lead play a role in helping us to adopt a posture of worship, too. But ultimately, where does that posture lead? Does the posture lead to an appreciation of those that are in the front? Or does the posture for us actually lead to the cross that is above and behind them? And that's not anything having to do with those that are in the front. That's for us in terms of our heart. And... So that's our encouragement for this morning. What is our posture? Physically, we express our posture of praise in a number of different ways. Some with hands up, some with palms open, some just sing louder, some do the exact opposite where we just we kind of uh, rescind and pull back and just get quiet. Whatever the physical posture is, the encouragement for us is that our, our spiritual posture 
would be focused on the cross and not on anybody that is here in the front. You know, you guys all had mentioned in every one of these testimonies, there was one person or multiple people who had an impact on you. And I hope we are able to walk out with that as well, that God calls us to a life of service. We never know when that opportunity is going to be, that somebody comes across our path like Gretchen whenever she was, she was looking for somebody to intervene. And ultimately, it, ha it had to be God. But God places us in our lives at places for purpose and for reason. And spiritually, if we're tapped in, we're going to be able to discern what it is that we need to do in those circumstances to point someone to Christ. So that would be uh, a takeaway for us. And in closing, Hebrews 3.13 talks about encouraging others from day to day. And if this team, those that shared their testimonies with us this morning, or others that are also up here at different times have been an encouragement to you, I just encourage you, give them a word of encouragement. Right? Let's close in prayer. Father, we are so thankful for the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony and the power that it brings. God, I thank you for Dan and for Damien and for Gretchen and God for the testimonies that they carry. God, for the cleansing that your spirit brought to them and God for the renewal um, and God for their faith and Father for their vulnerability here this morning. And God, our prayer is that what was shared would impact us spiritually. And God, we don't know where everybody is here in the sanctuary, um, but God, we just pray that the words that were shared this morning would take root and would have impact. And Father, that as a congregation, that as we seek to praise and honor and worship you, that we would take on a spirit uh, and a posture of humility before you. And God, that you would be honored and exalted as we seek you. God, you deserve all the glory. And we give it to you. And God, we declare your goodness. Father, we thank you for this time. In your name, amen.